"'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house. A creature was stirring in Bedford. Several unsuspecting people are about to receive season's greetings of terror. Black Christmas is a stark and stylish horror thriller that turns everyone's favorite time of the year inside out. Olivia Husey and Margot Kidder star among an ill-fated houseful of sorority sisters celebrating the holiday season. Festivities turn fatal when obscene phone calls break the serenity, and it becomes clear that a psychopath is stalking the house. Predating Halloween and Friday the 13th by several years, Black Christmas effectively laid the groundwork for the murder thrillers that would follow in its clever interplay of tension, sh shocks, and humor. Producer-director Bob Clark earned his reputation as a hitmaker for the first two Porkies and a celebrated Sherlock Holmes caper murder by decree, ironically after bringing us the terror of Black Christmas. Clark went on to take a lighter look at the holidays with the hilarious film A Christmas Story. So have yourself a scary little Christmas. It's not like the ones you used to know. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here review B-Movies to the best of our abilities. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So you just heard what the back of the VHS box from 2000 had to say about the movie Black Christmas from 1974. That's what we're doing this week as we open up Christmas Month. Yay, Christmas. So let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. All right, let's start with the top three. Why don't you kick it off? All right, for number three, the first murder happens within the first 12 minutes of the film. And I love that. I love the fact they didn't wait for, for all the uh, shit to begin. Number two, none of the characters were excessively stupid, which tends not to happen in most slasher films. And number one, the movie manages to build up suspense really well. The mundane atmosphere manages to be ominous given the camera angles, lighting, and music played during suspenseful, suspenseful scenes. For me, number three, the diversity of the characters. You know, most slasher films, you have a bunch of characters that are two-dimensional. They're there to be cannon fodder. They're there to be killed. Not so the case here in Black Christmas. Each character really develops their own personality, and you can see the differences between them, and it really builds for great character interactions. Number two, the phone calls. Throughout the movie, phone calls happen at the sorority house, and they really are quite disturbing. At first, it starts out, it's just this guy breathing heavily, and then he starts saying crazy stuff. Then he calls back, and he talks in multiple voices, yelling, screaming, and it just escalates every single time he calls. And it, it builds this creep factor, and it, it's just great dialogue, and to see the reaction of the character who's listening to it really shows a lot for their ability to act. Creepy as fuck. Number one for me, which really could have made or break this, could make or break this film for you, you never see the killer. So much about the killer is left to mystery. Really, the only thing aside from him killing people that you have as clues is if you can figure out what he's saying on those phone calls and try to piece together who he is, why he's fucked up, and what's causing him to kill people. It really works to the advantage of this movie to keep him in the shadows and really only show bits and pieces. It, it adds to the suspense, to the mystery, and really has you beg that question, is the person they caught really the killer? Indeed. 
Let's move on to the bottom. What was the worst parts of this? For number three, I can't tell if it's racist that Black Christmas has a significant amount more violence than White Christmas. Just, just saying. Also, I don't think there were any black characters or black people in Black Christmas. That's true. So it's false advertisement, too. Number two. Even though I like the fact that you don't actually get to see the murders or the murderer, as it adds a lot of suspense and mystery to the film, I would have liked to have known a little bit more about Billy the murderer and why he was murdering the girls at the sorority house. You kind of mentioned before about the calls. I think it would have been really cool if you could like piece together subtle hints in in the calls relating to his backstories and it would take multiple views to kind of unravel his story that would have been kind of neat but it seems like kind of a missed opportunity to me and number one they were so concerned about claire going missing yet they didn't even search the entire house she was in the basement the entire fucking time she was in the attic paul whatever she was in the house either way number three for me This movie really gets the short end of the stick when people talk about slashers and giving recognition where recognition is due. A lot of people be like, oh, the first slasher was Halloween. It was so awesome. Well, Halloween came out in 1978, and a lot of the inspiration for Halloween, if you've watched any of the documentaries or special features or stuff, John Carpenter will say Black Christmas gave him a lot of his inspiration. First off, it's based on a holiday, and second off, you know, he liked the movie, so he set out to, you know, expand upon that. And watching Black Christmas, you can see a lot of movies took inspiration from this movie. It is a very underappreciated slasher film. I mean, you've got characters in hockey masks playing hockey, Jason Voorhees. The one girl wakes up from a nightmare, Nightmare on Elm Street, when a stranger calls. You know, the phone calls are coming from inside the house. It's just, there's so much inspiration in the slasher and horror community that's taken from this movie, and it doesn't really get the credit that it deserves. Yeah, I kind of think the hockey thing and the waking up from a nightmare coincidental. Also, um, When a Stranger Called was based off another story that came out years before either of these. But yeah, anyways. Cinematically. Number two. No one ever looked in the fucking attic. Not only is that where the first murder goes, you know, Claire, after she's murdered, is put up there, but the fucking house mother is murdered and put in the attic also. Nobody noticed she was missing. Nobody cared. Her suitcase was left on the bed, unpacked, clothes strewn about the room. Her fucking shoe was at the bottom of the ladder. Nobody cares about her. They just assumed she was on a bender or something like that. She'd come back weeks later with a tattoo or something. Um, Number one for me. The movie at times seems to be slow-paced. I don't know if it's really such a bad thing because they use that to their advantage when building suspense and everything else. It's more of a minor thing. Really, everything here is a minor thing to me. Um, I don't think there's much bad to be gotten here. Yeah, this movie definitely shows how to get around having limitations in in, uh, props and things like that and still make a good horror movie. And without all the gore and nudity that's so prevalent in slashers today. In fact, that's basically all that there is in slashers nowadays. Well, let's talk about something else that uh, doesn't happen in slasher films too much today. Let's talk a little bit about the dialogue. Let's have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. 
All right, we're going to quote this movie back and forth. Ready? B for booze. Next time, you'll get the gun up your ass sideways. You know, for a public servant, you really suck. Oh, why don't you find a wall socket and lick it? That'll give you a charge. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or want to say anything about it, you can leave us a comment here or at our website, bmoviebros.com. I think it's about time for us to give our final take on this movie. Remember, friends, that our final take is our score on a shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale. One to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this movie? I gave it a one out of ten. I gave it a two out of ten. I have to say, Black Christmas is a delightful slasher thriller. It uses clever build-up and suspense instead of extreme violence and nudity, which is really prevalent today. The characters are actually fleshed out to an individual standpoint and are able to have unique interactions and chemistry with one another. The killer is shrouded in mystery and leaves a lot to the imagination. The pacing is rather slow, but the first murder does happen before the 15-minute mark and sets a high standard for the rest of the movie. It also keeps things pretty interesting. You know, there are no two deaths in here that are the same, and the movie ends on an open note, allowing you to come up with your own conclusion. I can always see and hear what's happening in the film, and that's a huge positive as well. Black Christmas is an old-school slasher that really brightens up my holiday spirit. Black Christmas is all about suspense, and it does a damn good good job at building it up. Murders are being committed throughout the film, yet most of the characters remain unaware of the horrors that await in the next room. You never know what's going to happen next, but you know it's going to be terrifying. Surprisingly, none of the murders happen on screen, we can see the corpses of the victims propped up in the attic like discarded figurines. In the end, we don't even see the killer. But his creepy phone calls and mannerisms make the mysterious murderer even scarier. This movie does suffer from some pacing problems, and at times it seems a bit drawn out. There are also some scenes and subplots that are unnecessary and don't really have any payoff. Still, Black Christmas is just as exciting as any slasher film, and is guaranteed to scare the Christmas cheer right out of you. Now, I know not everyone likes to watch the same kind of shit that we do. So we like to give every B-movie that we review an A-movie companion and tell you why this movie is the same as that movie of a higher class and higher standard. For me, I gave my A-movie companion to the 1990 remake of Night of the Living Dead. I picked Silent Hill from 2006. I have to say that Night of the Living Dead is an A-movie version of Black Christmas because both movies take place inside of a big house. Both houses have a killer inside, whether that killer is Billy or the zombie that's there when Barbara first arrives. Both movies feature characters named Billy and Barbara. In both movies, people are being murdered, whether it's by zombies or by Billy. Both movies have police organizing search parties, whether it's searching for people that are still alive during the zombie apocalypse or a dead teenager in the middle of a park. Black Christmas is black, and Tony Todd, who stars in Night of the Living Dead, the remake, is also black. Black Christmas is a slasher film. Tony Todd is most famously, most likely, known as Candyman from the slasher movie franchise Candyman. Therefore, Night of the Living Dead from 1990 is just an A-movie version of Black Christmas from 1974. Candyman was a good movie. 
So Silent Hill is an A-movie version of Black Christmas because both movies primarily take place in one location. Silent Hill primarily takes place in the town of Silent Hill. And Black Christmas primarily takes place in a sorority house. Both movies revolve around different groups of people. One that's in danger and the other group that's trying to save the group that is in danger. Both movies manage to create eerie atmospheres from commonplace environments using lighting effects and ominous background music. And both movies have killers whose faces you never actually get to see. You never actually get to see Billy, the killer in Black Christmas, and the killer Pyramid Head in Silent Hill has a pyramid on his head. Whether or not he has a face underneath it, I don't know. But there's a pyramid there. Bonus points. Night of the Living Dead, the 1990 remake, is a remake. Black Christmas had a remake of itself made in 2006. So both movies are part of an original remake franchise. I think Silent Hill had a remake. They at least had a remastering for the PlayStation 3. Oh, oh yeah, the uh, the games. Yep. So I think it's time for everybody's favorite part. It's time to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. I'll give you some drinking games for the movie, then so shall Paul. Number one, every time there's a phone call, take a drink. Number two, anytime Barb is drunk, take a drink. Number three, whenever Sergeant Nash is an idiot, take a drink. Number four, whenever they fail to trace a phone call, take a drink. And number five, because it's Christmas month, every time someone says ho, 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 take a drink three times. Every time someone screams, take a drink. Every time we see dead bodies in the attic, take a drink. Every time Jess and Peter talk about Jess being pregnant, take a drink. And every time Mrs. Mack finds a hidden bottle of liquor, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the flick. Well, that's about it for this uh, week, friends. So, if you would like to join us next week, we'll be checking out the 1959 Christmas classic, Santa Claus. Where, you know, Santa faces off against the devil for the souls of children. As it should be. With the help of Merlin the Wizard. Of course. And the god Vulcan. Okay. I I, I can't make this shit up, friends. This is going to be a fun week. So... You know, if you have any more questions, comments, or suggestions, you can leave them here on SoundCloud or on our website at, you know, bmoviebros.com. For anything in the Pittsburgh area, you can check out our friends over at riversedgepgh.com. And until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, be back next week. <laughs>